may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny And not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny and... Did you miss us? We've been gone from a few weeks, but the view from the Ninian is back and we're still stumbling over our words as normal. Um, in the time we've been gone, we've been discovered that on Zoom, I can rename other, every, everyone else in the call. Uh, so joining me as always this week is Twat and Shipbreak. Twat, how you doing? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Uh, we are 30 seconds into the recording. We've already descended into madness. So um, what have you been doing the last couple of weeks, Ben? Well, slowly just losing our self-confidence, clearly shown by the fact I responded to you calling calling my name as twat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You didn't you didn't even bl- uh, blink at that one. And, um, no, I, course... I should have said nothing and acted like a mature adult, but I went, oh yeah, that's me. Well, let's see how Shipbreak responds. Shipbreak, how are you doing? Very well, thanks, Ben James. I'm just <laughs> sad that I can't change your name. Uh, I could change it if you want. Have you got any requests that you'd like to change your name to? Yeah, but I can't say them because I'll get cut from the podcast. Well, no, um, this podcast clearly has no standards. Uh, anything goes. Uh, I wouldn't worry about doing anything. You know, obviously beyond the more the more heinous stuff, like racism, you'd be immediately banned for that. But being a bit crude is fine for me. Um, it's been a couple of weeks. Um, it's been a long time. We shouldn't have left you without dope steep beat to step to, as a Timberland famously said in that Aaliyah song. Um, so we've got a couple of games to talk about. So let's start with Luton. Um, ben, I'm, it's hard not to call you twat because that is your name on the screen. Um, but we'll go with you, Ben. Um, ultimately, we've got the win, 2-1, uh, away at Kenilworth Road, the very, very cold Kenilworth Road. And uh, the first first goal in the first half of the season for Cardiff City was scored by Ruben Colwell. Um, quite a good player, isn't he? He's not bad, is he? He's something to get very excited about. Um, I think there's a theme throughout the, these couple of games we're going to cover now that the youngsters, uh, everything good about this club, being let down by more senior players that should know a lot, lot better. Um, but yeah, cracking head. I knew straight away it was in, run appealed. And I don't because did you, were you there, Ben, or is it just Tom? Only Tom was there. Uh, oh, I couldn't so get how, how due to Cardiff City's away ticketing end? incompetence. <laughs> it's at the away end, like, because we saw, I was watching on stream, it was goal was given, but there was that slight delay because I think everyone in, in the away end, far away and a few cans in, it's, that was a very delayed response to yes. realising it was a goal. <laughs> I didn't have a scooby-doo what was going on. Yeah, like you said, the co- combination had been far away, Polish lager, and just, it was just, yeah, I had no, no idea why we'd got a goal. Like, it, I, I, yeah, no clue. No one around me. We just, someone cheered, everyone joined in, and we were happy, but we had no idea why. <laughs> yeah, because it went to the goal decision system, didn't it? Which is, um, which is my favourite thing. Um, when they they show it on like the EFL on Quest because they like zoom in over the top, zoom in, and everything else is blank apart from the ball, which is perfectly branded. And I'm like, well done, well done, lads. You've got the graphic design really well on that one. Uh, but it was over by, you know, good probably a good half a foot. Um, and I don't know what the Luton players were thinking by trying to say it wasn't a goal because it clearly was, Ben. Yeah, and it's it's not a VAR with decision like they're looking at decisions can be contentious. That's black and white. It's either over the line. Yeah, it's or Hawkeye, it's not. isn't it? It's Hawkeye. It's <laughs> over the line or it's not. Yeah, I don't know how they can go. Oh, it wasn't a goal, though. No, it literally was, lads. Come on. I do like the fact that um, this, I think I mentioned it on the, the last podcast I did about Luton. Their, their goalkeeper, they spent one and a half million quid on him. He's their record signing. And I think the guy is fucking useless. Um, I've not seen him put in a good performance for Luton. I mean, I watch Luton all the time. This is a Luton podcast. Um, but I just uh, I think for one and a half million quid, um, the, the, <laughs> someone sold him a dummy there. Um, Tom, we talk about that first goal in the first half. 
of a season of a game this season. Um, how important was it to kind of get that monkey off our back? It seemed to kind of become a bit of a running joke on on stuff like the second tier and EFL on Quest. Yeah, it was just a really weird run to have. I've never seen anything really like it. And it, I, I think it was starting to get to the players. It was definitely getting to the fans. There's our nervousness around, you know, just that it would never come. And the, most of the, it's, it's not like we've been unlucky. We haven't deserved to score a first-half goal in most of the games we've played this year as well. So, yeah, I think it's huge, really. You know, anything like that. Players are superstitious as well as fans. So I think any, like, who do like that, it's great when it comes to an end. Yeah, I think you talk about that nervousness. I think what, what tends to happen is if we can see the goal in the first half, we almost immediately our heads drop as a collective because we kind of go, well, we're not going to score now because it's the first half. So we have to wait until half time to almost reset. And that's that's become a theme, I think, of previous managers as well, right? We never started games particularly well. It's just for this season, it's gone on even longer than, than normal. Yeah, definitely. Like, think about years. We haven't, we've notoriously been slow starters. But like not scoring in the first half since May is another level of slow start. You know, <laughs> underperforming for at least half a game is not good enough. <laughs> and so you know, it's how many minutes is that? Well, twenty-one games we've played this season. Let's do the maths on that. Let's not do the maths. Um, yeah, twenty-one so, times forty-five. Then we've got a calculator. Um, twenty-one times nine hundred forty-five minutes. So nine hundred forty-five minutes this season. I know we've scored two goals in the last two games in the first half. So let's let's take away a ninety minutes from that. But in about 850 minutes of football, we've just not turned up. But it's not half us. It's not just this. We didn't score in the last two games of last season as well. So no, we didn't. Does, so it did so work therefore, out. Yeah, it is 945 minutes, isn't it? Well done. It's almost half a season. Plus injury time. Scoring in half. Seen, yeah. Plus injury time. Um, God, it could be a thousand minutes. Yeah, mad, isn't it? Quite sobering, <laughs> isn't it? It's quite sobering. Yeah, like, it's not very good. All those we? wasted opportunities, and it's no wonder we're sitting at 21st in the table. Um, <laughs> ben, you know, we've got a time travel to last see when Shawnee Morrison was a hero. Um, obviously, he scored, scored last week to win the game with a delightful diving header. Did you think that was the start of a redemption arc for him? He's not had the best season so far. Um, we're about five minutes away from talking about this weekend's game. Uh, but it looked like it was the start of something, didn't it? Goal scoring wise, yes, but I still think he was quite poor all game. Um, Rude. It's just, it wasn't, it's not being his year, is it? It's not the bloke that we love. Something's not right there, whether it's fitness, whatever. But at the moment, he's making Aiden Flint look like the most flexible, able bodied man of all kind of like mm. in the squad. It's a worry. But the stiffest, most brilliant diving header I think I've ever seen. <laughs> he was like a matchstick falling, wasn't he? <laughs> it was just yeah. straight. It was just, yeah. <laughs> you could almost hear hear his bones creaking as he did it. Um, well, you it guarantee when, when he when he got off the floor, it wasn't just quite like a yes celebration. It was also a bit of a <laughs> yeah, get off the cold cold floor in Luton. Um, at the time, Ben, it felt like an important goal, didn't it? You know, we was it. I think it was quite late on in the game. I can't remember the exact minute, but I think it was in sort of the 80th minute. Um, it had been a relatively close game, and we we got the winner, and it it came from our captain. It, it felt like a real mood lifter, didn't it? Yeah, it was a huge goal and a huge moment, sort of, um, especially after the whole game and the defeat there, to bounce back with a really hard-fought win against a side that aren't doing too badly in the league. Um, it's it's It was huge. It was a really, really important goal. And for it to be the captain, sort of, I don't know, it feels more, it feels like a real team effort when the captain sort of steps up to the plate and yeah. finishes off and gets that result. I don't know why it's just one of those things in football that a captain's goal sort of seems more important somehow. It does. Um, and, and Tom, it, it came on a, a very cold, 
very blustery day at Kenilworth Road. Uh, about a thousand Cardiff fans have sold out the away end. I think it was a thousand and thirty-two was the allocation, so sold out away end. It felt like a from the outside a, a proper old school Cardiff away day. A lot of nutters, um, a lot of drinking, and uh, a kind of limb celebration at the end. Absolutely brilliant day. Um, it's one of my favourite ways for a long, long time. I think that just everyone was there to have a good time. There was no negativity towards the players. You know, I, th- I think I came, of, we weren't really expecting much as well. But it, like you said, it, it felt like a proper old school away day. And yeah, it was absolutely freezing cold. The winner came right in front of us as well, which yeah. made it even better. Um, the Cardiff fans singled out one bloke in the, in the home end, called him a pedo all game. It was, you know, pro- <laughs> proper Cardiff Alleg- away day. We Alleg- have to Alleg- say those allegations are unfounded. Um, I don't even know who the guy is. Well, it turns out he must, he, they were calling him a pedo because he had quite a posh brown scarf on. Um, so I'm not really sure how that links in. But they decided early doors, one of the blokes in the hospitality boxes was getting it and he got it. He went to the bar at one point. So they started chanting, where's your pedo gone? And, you know, it was just absolutely relentless to the point that Ben even texted text me, the, our group going, who are you calling a pedo? So it must have been quite loud. It was just coming well. over. All you could hear was pedo, pedo. And then it went quiet for a couple of seconds later. Then all it was, do the Ertola, pedo. Do and he did, Ertola. to be fair to him. So he's, he was admitting guilt. He was he was doing a what kind of do celebration. It? Yeah. So That's it was a really, really strange turn of events, I must admit. But no, like, it was a proper a proper good day out. And um, yeah, like I said, everyone was just in such good spirits. It was, yeah, it was a really, really good day. And it's a great ground because it's so bad. You know the fact you have to go it's through such Paris a weird house. ground, isn't it? Because you've got the one, the weird, like the weird kind of fake bombonera one side, which is all the glass um, hospitality bits. Then the stand on the right is almost like two, one tiny stand and one big stand with that corner, like with the tiny stand shoved in. The away end is under the pitch, so you're about yeah. if you're if you're stood at the front, you're about three feet below the pitch. So sometimes you can't even see what's going on because the, the camber on the pitch. It's a weird ground, and the bar's got- underground as well, isn't it? Yeah, you have to be really quick-footed in about 35 minutes to even get a chance of getting a drink at half-time in Kenilworth Road because it's just that one little living room they've got attached to the side of the stand. It's so bizarre. And then it's got the busiest weather spoons I've ever seen in Luton. Oh, yeah. that like, We got there like 11 o'clock in the last year. Got there, got there 11 o'clock. It was absolutely rammed. It was like the whole of Luton had just descended on this weather spoons. To be but, honest, if you're if you're living in Luton, there's only one thing to do is drink and pretend you're not there, and it. That's a good point. Yeah, I know. I suppose if you go to Weatherspoons, you can pretend um, you're in any of Weatherspoons in the whole of the UK. Well, yeah, um, except you can't because they've all got the unique carpets. carpets. Yeah, yeah. But well done. We're on the set. Two Ben's on the same page there. Yeah, no, um, um, Tom, what were you going to say about Weatherspoons there to kind of help? Uh, nothing. No, no Weatherspoons facts. No, no, no nothing for me. No, sorry. <laughs> uh, striker bombs are two for a fiver. Yeah. Um, there's one pint in there. I think a Ruddle's best was one pound nineteen. Yeah, I just, yeah. I just, I don't understand how you can have something that cheap. But no, about the actual game, like from being in that away end, see it, the ball from Giles for Morrison's header was fantastic as well. Yeah, and his service seems to be getting better and better because he, he, we, we were really good that game, Cardiff. We played some real good football, and it was awful conditions. So, like, to, to put the passes together like we did, it was great to watch. And you can see what Morrison is trying to build there. You know, and they were saying, saying this week, this is the first week where they've had a full week of training sessions with Morrison since he's taken charge. So, for him to get that type of football being played without really having a full week of training with the team, 
you know, that, that, that's a great effort from him and the coaching staff. Real good effort. Um, how many pints did you have? Um, quite a lot. I moved on to the uh, double vodka, uh, double vodka lemonades because Irish bluebird, Con- Irish, Irish bluebird, uh, Connor Brandon was over and he can drink like a fish. And so I thought I'd, I'd try and drink with him. Uh, I did my usual thing of not saying goodbye to people and just disappeared and went on a train home because I knew I'd had too much to drink. But so did I, you fall over this time? No falling over. Nicely tucked up in bed with a KFC by about half nine. So, that's, yeah, good good day all round. That is a fair effort. Yeah. I mean, last, last year's Luton away day was ridiculous. That was when I went to see Kylie Ray Jepsen in the evening. Uh, carried on drinking till 2 a.m. after starting at around 11 a.m. Um, and after the, the Kylie Ray Jepsen gig, which was in Brixton, at um, 11 o'clock, I had to be taken to Morley's for some chicken because I'd gone grey. Yeah, and, I, <laughs> and I'd gone to a birthday party after the game and lost my keys and wallet. So it was... <laughs> <laughs> two absolute <laughs> reprobates um but yeah i'd gone i'd effectively gone gray so um and i remember that day because it was like like oh that coronavirus doesn't sound good in china does it <laughs> and then a month later we were all shut down oh headier days and we're back there again moving swiftly on to this week's game ben price sheffield united at home um disappointing wasn't it really disappointing um there's a lot of positives to take out of it. It's not like I've come out of that defeat feeling like I did, like the defeats on the McCarthy. Like there's a lot of positives. Isaac Davis. He's getting me more excited than Colwell at times. He's the sort of player That's City a bold fans, claim. He's the sort of player City fans love because he's just quick and just runs at people. And for someone who's like matchstick thin, I don't know what, he must be made out of flubber or something because people just bounce off him. <laughs> <laughs> that's, all, that's all Robin Williams invented flubber for, really. Um, yeah. The modern-day footballers. The modern-day winger, yeah. yeah. So, like, it's just, yeah, he's a talented, talented boy that I think, um, yeah, a lot of potential there, stuff to really get excited about. Um, talking about other 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 young players, Tom, um, we started well, got another goal in that first half. Um, a lovely little strike from Mark Harris, Sparky Harris. Um, lovely turn, on the volley, full pelt. Should he be starting more? He always seems to do well when he plays, but he only seems to be limited to these substitute appearances or coming off the bench. Like, starts, gets a goal. Should that be rewarded? Yeah, possibly. I'm still not... <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. I know. I'm not convinced. I don't know. He's a good player, but I'm not sure if he's got much more to give, if that makes sense. I, I, I think some of our other youngsters, you can see they've got potential. They're going to they're gonna get better. But I'm not sure if Mark Harris has kind of found his level. Like... He'll get the odd goal. He's never going to be like a one goal in two games man, is he? I think, but, you know, it, it was a tidy finish. He took it well. And I think when he hasn't got time to think, I think that's when he's more dangerous. Do you know what I mean? He's yeah. an instinctive striker. You know, if he's got if he's got time on a one-on-one, I'm not sure. I, I think I'll put a couple of other strikers ahead of him in terms of my confidence levels in them. But, you know, like it was a well-taken finish. He's shown he's shown some real quality in games for us, and when he made an appearance for Wales, he looked quality as well. So it's just I, I think you know Kiefer Moore offers more more of all round. I said more so many times, and I got confused. Kiefer but, offers yeah, more is what you yeah, should have said. Yeah, but yeah, I'm not sure if he should start every game. To be honest with you, Ben, do you, do you, are you sure if he should start every game? You got any counterpoints to Phillips there? I really like him. I think every time I see him, he gets better and better. Um, the start of the season, I thought he was going to be, I sort of, I don't know, I I was sort of where Tom is now, sort of thinking he's like 
yeah, possibly a League One striker. Like he's a, he's not a bad player, but I don't think he's going to do much more than sort of League One sort of be one of those journeyman players. But now the more I see him, the more I'm like, he's a really smart player, works really hard, and I think that like, he's he's not going to be sort of he might not have the potential of someone like Colwell, who's like whose roof is just unlimited. Like he could be an all time Cardiff City sort of great Colwell, but whereas Harris is probably. Look, he's not going to set the world on fire. He's he's basically our replacement to Danny Ward. He's the next sort of version of that. But I was going to say Paul Parry esque, yes. solid, reliable. Will probably have a season where somehow he troubles us and gets to be almost top scorer, uh, but ultimately won't be won't set the world on fire retrospectively, if that makes sense. And the thing you remember, Mark Harris is despite sort of like he's only twenty two. Mm, he feels I, like he not forget that he feels he's like he's been around for a lot longer because he made when did he make his debut and. Um, Warnock the first year? Potentially, yeah. Like, he feels like he's been around a long, long time, but he's 22 and there's still a lot to go. He's, I don't think he's made 100 senior appearances yet. Like, there's a lot more to come from him. And every time he comes on, he's really positive re- and most of the time makes an impact. Yeah. That's what I want from a player. I was wrong, sorry. 2016-17 season, he made his debut. Um, and now he's yeah. the same age as Taylor Swift was when she released Red. Her seminal album. So I guess that's what we're up against, isn't it? There's levels to this game. Um, we've already covered, kind of touched upon it, um, Ben. Um, Shawnee Moz, um, what are you laughing at? I just, I don't understand how you, your mind works. Like the references, yeah. Yeah, that's Yeah, no do I, mate. Yeah, no do sorry, I. Um, Shawnee Moz, uh, Ben, um, zero to hero this week with his red card. Um, we know he's got a red card in him. Um, he's like a referee, pulls out his pocket. Um, what did you make of this red card? Do you think it was a red card? Oh, it was Stonewall. <laughs> there was no doubt about it. He was walking off going, but I got the ball, but I got the ball. It was like, you got the ball, but about 30 seconds after you got the man, it was as clear a red card as you're going to get. And it was um, it was a red card waiting to happen. Um, he had a really, really poor game again. This new system where we're playing three centre-backs leaves him so much more exposed at the back and really shows his lack of pace. Like Billy Sharp's about 600 years old and <laughs> he made him look an absolute mug the whole game. He yeah, tore him to, to shreds, he outpaced Sharp, him, just got the space. McGoldrick's not exactly the quickest of player, but looks like Usain Bolt compared to Morrison. It was a real, real struggle. And from the first half, it was a problem. He was either going to cost us a goal or what actually happened was a red card. Um, uh, Billy Sharp. I love the... I love the... Book, but just... 35 years old and completely outpaced the centre-back. He was just, yeah, these three wide sort of centre-backs, they're not quite as narrow and close together anymore. It's a lot more, you you need to be a lot quicker. All three centre-backs need to be quicker. And as we've learned from however long we've been, Sean Morrison's been here, pace isn't a key aspect of his game. Yeah, it was was weird though. It did really have that air of inevitability about it. Like he, he was uncomfortable from the first whistle. Yeah. And... It felt like, like you said, like a mistake was coming. Um, and, you know, I, I, I was hoping beginning of the season he was just having a bit of a rocky patch. But it does seem that he's running, running out of gas a little bit now. Like, he's just not the same player as he was. He just looks tired. He hasn't got that same enthusiasm anymore. He's not winning wonder- the amount of ball he did before. I don't know. It's, it's sad we- to see. We've talked about it. Obviously, his contract's up at the end of the year. 
and it just feels like it's the slow march to him leaving the club. And it just feels like perhaps that's why he maybe isn't as committed as he once was, because he's not going to be here. We talked about that. He's not going to be here come the end of the season. He's not going to get himself injured if he's going to be released or whatever else. You don't know what the conversations that go on in the background. I don't um, think it's but, that, though. I think, yeah, I, I, I think I just think he's not as good enough anymore. No, I think it could be. I think it's a combination of both, right? But I think um, the reality is if he's, if he's not going to be here next season, why would he push himself is what I'm trying oh, to say. Because well, not, your own I'm, pride. Yeah, I was going to say, I think what I saw from Saturday was it's not a case of he's not trying because he worked, he he, for, yeah. he tried, he was trying to get everywhere. But the problem was he was yeah. everywhere 10 seconds after where that's where the ball was. Yeah. It was, it's like that famous uh, quote from Sunes for Ali Diaz. He, he was everywhere the ball just was. And he tries real hard. It's just, I think everything's slowly catching up to him and sort of the games and football has sort of passed him by, which is scary to say because he's younger than me. But um, his time... Maybe should... Football are passing by by the time I was 18, so I wouldn't worry about that. Yeah, but championship yeah. Football, I think championship football is sort of a level too much from now. But the thing you've got to look at is there's a lot of people saying cash in him in January, sort of move him on. You won't, get any, you, won't, you won't get any money for him in January because he's not a sought-after player. He's, a, no, he's, a, he's, a, okay. he's an early 30 centre-half in the championship. His leadership and sort of his personality, he's a big character in that club he's a big character in that dressing room um he's still worth keeping old of until the end of the season until then even if it is a case of i think now kieran brown sort of would suit that third center back role more than him kieran brown has just signed on for a lot of shifts at cex this summer he's going to be a busy boy um ps5 is going to be coming through those doors you can't expect him to be a professional footballer and run the cex in cardiff at the same Mate, time load him up load him up with monster and he'll be fine <laughs> True, actually yeah monster christmas special i don't know it tastes like yule logs or something um tom dropped Kiefer Moore yesterday in favor of um james collins not the ginger james collins the irish james collins um i've written here was that the right call obviously not but let's debate it um, um well morrison's come out one hour morrison has come out and said that he was ill and he only trained once before the game. That was the reason he dropped in. And he wasn't. Is, is a slightly ill. Kiefer had the shirts. Yeah. yeah. Is a slightly ill Kiefer more better than James Collins? No. I, I think that's a bit harsh. I think, no. I've, I'm asking the tough questions here, Tom. It I'm Paxman. And I, I'm Paxman. You're a government minister. Let me answer then. <laughs> no. Um, I, okay. I've lost my train of thought. Fuck's sake. Anyway. No. Like, more would start. If if he's fit, he starts. It's as simple as that. If he's got the shit, you probably should leave him on the bench. And the <laughs> fact that he was involved Gary at all, Lineker, do we? Yeah, and you know the fact that he was involved at all shows how reliant we are on him that we can't even leave him out the squad when he's ill. We you know, apparently he was like matters. nearly sick on the pitch the day before, and yeah, he still makes the match day squad. No, he was dry heaving in the centre circle when he came on. Apparently, class. And playing on a Sunday league after a night out on a Friday, I feel for him because it's grim. You so play on way... a Sunday after a night out on the Friday and you feel sick? No, Saturday. All oh, right. In Wales, the games are on Saturday, aren't they? And <laughs> yeah. sort of, I so I can feel with Morrison being torn to shreds by a pacey person, feels like whenever I get stuck at left back and some 16-year-old runs past me for the eighth time. So I know how Morrison felt, so I felt sorry for him for that. And Kiefer dry heaving in the centre of the pitch. I feel that as well because I've done it many a time as well. I don't think I've ever dry heaved in the middle of the pitch. What happened to me once, though, was I took a ball to the face and I had a migraine immediately and I had to leave. So I took a ball, my vision went, and I just had to lie down on the side of the pitch like, I'm unwell. When I was 16, we went out in Brecon, got served in a pub, had a few nights on the Friday. We then had to drive to the arse end of nowhere in a place called St. Harmon. And this literally is a pitch in a field. And I was a goalkeeper then, playing for Sunnybridge. 
and I um, spewed in the goal mouth three or four times. Did you have to die through the sick? Yep. Oh, oh man. No. Anyway, back to back to um, <laughs> back to non-sicky matters. Although we were talking about Keith Moore being sick, um, I don't really know where to go with that. Uh, James Collins, Ben, uh, rate or slate? I don't know. Was he all right yesterday? What do you reckon? Yeah, he didn't do anything wrong. I don't think he's not one of the players that's at fault for that loss. Like, I think if you're looking to point fingers at who the loss came from, Morrison's red card cost us. Which Morrison? Uh, two hours. Well done. Good. But I think a lot of the playmen who sort of got away with it because of the red card is Marlon Pack. Whoa. At fault, at fault yeah. for both the goals. The Samurai. Yeah. yeah. His, he let his man go for the first goal, and I don't know what he was doing for the second. Um, yeah. When I say about like young... Classic Marlon. But these, this is a senior player in a squad that's down to 10 men doing those mistakes. Like, even down to 10 men, both of those goals shouldn't happen. Like you can say, yeah, we no, about the right. third, was it? Yeah, Gibbs right was a third, doesn't it? I think so. I, no, I sorry, it was the first. First, sorry, yeah. Yeah, Gibbs right screen was the first. So, like, all right, you can sort of rule that out. But the other two mistakes from Pack that really, really cost us, and they were piss poor mistakes as well. Like, really should not be happening for a player that's what, 31 years old, a couple hundred senior appearances. It was really, really poor. We capitulated again. That's the problem. It was as soon as we had that red card, there was just that inevitability of like everyone just seemed like, oh, we're fucked now. We're gonna lose. And it just we just completely capitulated. Like we were good up until the red card. We should have scored a yeah. couple of more. There was a couple of good saves that kept Sheffield United in it. And then just I know we're a man down, but you just stay defensively organized if you're a man down. We had a lead, just put everyone behind the ball. And we just gave him so much space. Even though the first goal was a screamer, he's in acres of space. There's yeah. no one closing him down. And it's just, just not good enough. And, you know, yeah, Sean Morrison's been poor this year. But the reasons our defenders are poor is because our midfield is woeful. Like, we're just letting people just cut through the centre of us, just giving them a free path straight into our centre-backs who can't run. Rawls was know. guilty of it at Luton. He's, yeah. He loses his man for their goal. Um, it's a similar thing again for both for the, for the last two goals for Sheffield, it's the midfield sort of, like people slated Vox when he came on, but I think Will Vox came on, it was the right decision to bring him on. He did well when he came on, he shored it up and we looked a bit mm. steadier. Um, you can't have Isaac Davis running at people when we're trying to sort of not get battered because Sheffield United have got players like we saw within 15 minutes. They didn't, didn't do a lot all game other than sort of Billy Sharp should have done better with a couple of his chances, but most of the players were pretty quiet. But they just popped up when they needed to and sort of hurt us. And that's why those changes were made. Um, but the midfield is a real, real worry for us. And it has been for a while. It's not like yeah. it's a new... No, this is yeah, this has been going on years. Um, but it's touch getting off. worse. On Marlon Pack, quick bit of trivia, Ben. Uh, you said he's made a couple of hundred senior appearances. How many senior appearances has Marlon Pack made in football? How many do you think? 302. Um, any advances on 302? Um... 303. You are both well off. His next appearance will be his 550th appearance in football. That's quite a lot, actually. And he's <laughs> only 30. That's he's paid... He should be doing fucking better then, shouldn't he? He's, it's almost, he's, almost doubly as worse. He should be doing a lot better. I'm saying that, but he's, um, yeah, 550, almost 550 appearances um, across leagues one, two, championship. Um, it says Premier League as well because he was at Portsmouth and they were really bad in the Premier League, but he didn't play. Um, so, yeah. Just a little, a little bit of information for you there, guys. A little bit of Marlon Pack 
trivia. Nice. Um, yeah, I'll have a word. I'll have a word. Um, the last point I put on the Sheffield United game is that um, we, we seem to, I think it was about 36, 37% possession, Tom. Um, home games like that, under, you know, Morrison, who's talking about tr- trying to play better football and keep the ball, should we be having more possession and should we be imposing ourselves on these games a bit more? It just feels like we're still a bit timid. I don't know. I think that's skewed, isn't it? Because from 52 minutes on, we had 10 men. And I think we had a fair, I don't know what the stats were at half time, but it didn't feel like we had that little amount of possession. And for the, since Morrison's come in, we've had a lot more possession than we did before. So I think it'd be a bit unfair to say that we're not imposing ourselves. I think it was just, you know, obviously a really poor second half. I think, you know, you look at Luton away, we did have a lot more of the ball than we ordinarily would. Probably about 15% more than we ordinarily would away from home under McCarthy. So, you know, that is slowly starting to change. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure in the home games, like going forward, we, we'll see us ticking over 50% nicely quite quite often. Confident of that? Yeah, why not? All right. I'm just, I'm just trying to be packed on a little bit, trying to, you know, ask the tough questions. Um, ben, anything from you that you want to say about Sheffield United? Do you hate Sheffield United? No, um, I quite enjoyed all the abuse that Bernie got, fully deserved. Did he, how, how long did he get? How long did he play for? Uh, he wasn't on the pitch long, but he gave he had five touches and gave the ball away five times. God, and he then, is then gave it the big one on Twitter acting like he did all the work. He's, uh, I don't like him. I I don't mean to be that rude about him, but he is a fucking bellend, isn't he? Like, yes. Or he's an awful human being. Like he's the only person I've seen get like there's a lot of videos going around of footballers getting abused in the streets and sort of they react. And I sort of think that good the footballer reacts. I'd like to see. I'd like to see McBurney react and then get knocked out cold. Oh, come on, that's a bit far, Ben. And then they shit on his chest. I, I quite liked that video though when he, he reacted because he tried to stamp on the phone and basically missed. missed and then the phone yeah. was fine. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like his career, yeah. Something yeah, nicely, it was, didn't it was it? quite telling, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. No wonder you're not playing. <laughs> but I, he's he's the, he's the worst kind of footballer for me. Of he's been dog shit for Sheffield United by his own admission, and then he sort of gives it the big one on Twitter after a win against Cardiff. When he gave the yeah, ball, yeah, but that's, that's that's what the Jacks do, didn't it? Like the Jacks lost yesterday, and they were more focused on posting that video of Gibbs White doing the swim away, which controversially he went for front crawl when it's always a breaststroke. I don't know yeah. what he was doing. You managed to fuck it up. Um, it's a breaststroke. It's difficult. It's a difficult stroke to master. Yeah, I suppose that's, that's how that you do it. My strongest stroke, actually. Yeah, yeah I was quite good at it. Go on, Ben. Can you do it? I can't go by shoulders. I used to be really good at backstroke, but oh, can you I didn't do like backstroke there. Didn't like my water in the years. Didn't like backstroke. <laughs> what more way um, is facing? Well, when you go on your back, you know, you're more likely yeah, to get water in your ears. That. Well, your ears, your ears like lip out so the water doesn't go in them. What kind no, of I don't know mechanical if, ears, Ben Price? I don't know if like backstroke gets more water. And I'd have thought like front, front crawl because you're splashing the water up into your ears. Nah. Because nah, it's not like when you're doing front crawl or breaststroke. Gravity, you, man. You, no, because backstroke, you're more, you're, you're, when you do front crawl, your head comes out the water. When you do back yeah. it stays in the water mm. for the whole time. Uh, so therefore, it's, your ears are more submerged for the... Anyway, view from the Indian, discussing <laughs> the big questions. <laughs> what's, what's your favourite swim stroke? Text in now. Well, actually, you give away my phone number there. But, um, <laughs> I gave away half of it, so uh, just have a guess, have a guess. on the last four. <laughs> yeah, have a guess <laughs> on the last four. See what you come up with. You might text me. Who knows? Spoiler alert, um, it ends in four. It doesn't end in four. I know it's... it ends in a nine. Oh, there you go. You've got three numbers to get. Three numbers to get, I think. 
Yeah, again, that's bad podcasting. Come on, back in. It's, it's good podcasting. Anyway, moving on to uh, Morrison with one R. Um, it actually does end in nine, you mad bastard. Yeah, I don't. What are they going to do? Text me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, God. I hate to have a text off someone. Um, no, I do. I really don't like getting texts from people. Um, back to the podcast. Uh, Steve Morrison, one R. Tom, you're at the Luton game. Uh, we've had a couple of games since then, a win and a loss. It's your classic Steve Morrison double. We'll draw the next one. That's what he likes doing. A full house. Has your view on him changed? You still think he's the right man for the job? Yeah. Like, I, I think it's going to be a long season. I think we'll struggle. You know, it'll be mid-table tops. But, Plucky you know, out the window. He's, try, he's trying to instill something. He's trying to get his own, like, style of play going. You know, and to be fair, the more I think about it, I wasn't too excited when he was appointed. But, you know, he knows the academy. The youngsters are coming through. Ramasit knows the academy. He's been around eight, nine years. Good, like, Cardiff lad, Cardiff fan. And then you bring him back an ex-captain in Hudson as well. Mm-hmm. It, it, it just, it makes sense, doesn't it? And I think, you know, he does clearly love it. It'd be interesting to see what his attitude will be in press conferences when, you know, results are against us, you mm-hmm. know, because he's already been a little bit short with a couple of the questions have come his way. And, you know, he's shown his frustration at the fans booing, which I get. But if st- stuff really starts to go badly, it'd be in- interesting to see what his demeanour is then. But, you know, from how he started, you know, I'm enjoying watching the football that he's putting out there and, you know, and, and getting the players to play. Yeah, it's going wrong at times, but at least he's trying something. Ben, do you agree? I do, yeah. He's really impressed me each week. The press conferences are really engaging. It's more than sort of the generic answers that we've got from previous managers. Yeah. He's coming in there with stats. He's sort of not just saying, well, I think this. He's backing up his arguments. He explains in a lot of detail what he's doing, which I find really interesting and quite enjoy, like, enjoy hearing. He speaks really well. Um, Lovely he's hairline. He's impressed me. Look, there's a lot of naivety. It's his first proper managerial role. He's very new to it. He's going to make mistakes. Um, but for the most part, look, he's he's doing really well. We can see what he wants to do, and that's the big thing that keeps me saying, look, there's nothing to panic about here. We came away from a loss again at home at Sheffield United, and okay, we've won two games at home all season, which isn't good enough, and I totally accept that some fans are getting frustrated with that. But the performances are better, and we're not a million miles away from where we need to be. It's just going to take a bit of time. Um, I'm happy with how things are going. Like You come away from a defeat 3-2, and you can go, look, all right, Pack cost us two goals. Morrison fucked it with a red card. But other than that, no one had a stinker. No. Like, despite what some other people on Twitter are saying, like BBC journalists who watched highlights of the goals, slagging off a goalkeeper that pulled off a couple of worldies. Yeah, um, watch the games, guys. To be fair, though, I, I kind of understand where the frustration is coming from with the keeper debate. Like, you look at the stats this season... And Ben's mate Sluger at Luton has got like the lowest percentage saves. And then it's our two keepers. And yes, Smithies did keep us in the game yesterday, but I don't think he's reaching the heights that he was before. And I, I just, I haven't got that confidence in our two keepers. Like I have done with past keepers at Cardiff. I think it was a little bit harsh, the criticism we got off certain people yesterday on Twitter. But I, I do understand where the frustration is coming from. Name names, go on. Who's criticising who? Well, Jason Mohammed, wasn't it? Just having a go at. Oh, you had to say it. God. But it's it's on Twitter, you know. It's not slander. No, it's not slander. But he's blocked half the people that are going to see it. So yeah, it's true. Um, I'm just looking at the the table. Um, I didn't realize our defense was this bad. With the second worst defense in the championship, we've had one clean sheet, haven't we? Yeah. 37, 37 goals in 21 games. Peterborough is the second. uh, The next uh, is the worst. Sorry, we're the second worst, and they've conceded 40 goals. 
Um, and they fucking abysmal. Hull are only two places above us. Have got a really r- ridiculous ratio of scoring seventeen and conceding twenty four. So they're not conceding, but they just can't fucking score. Um, yeah, against us. Um, ben, do you think that Morrison needs to settle on a starting lineup? He seems quite happy to chop and change at the moment. It feels a bit tinkery at times. Um, I know he's obviously feeling his way into the job. He's had players missing and all that kind of stuff. But do you think he needs to settle on a, you know, a consistent starting eleven? Yeah, I think so, especially for the youngsters now. Someone like Carwell, who was really oppressive against Luton, I think mm-hmm. to drop him the next game, we don't know. He might have caught the bug that's going around. I don't really know. But for me, it seems like if he's fit and sort of he's played well in that last game, he should get a little run. I know he said in the past, sort of, he did it for like, uh, you can look at the Forest game where Carwell scored two, started the next game and he had a stinker. Mm-hmm. But even in that short space of time, he's come on massively. Um, I think some players need to get a bit of a run together. Like I think the midfield needs to settle. Riles coming in now needs to stay in that side for as long as he's fit. Um, Centre-backs now, I think if we've got McGuinness, we've got uh, um, Nelson. And if Flint comes in, I think that needs to stay for the foreseeable. I don't see any reason need to change that. Same with the keeper. Full-backs seem to be picking themselves, but I think it's just the little chop and changes. It's probably enforced with Colin, uh, Col- Collins coming in over Kiefer because he had the shits. But then it's chopping and changing, sort of get a set 11, work out what your best 11 is and go from there. I think, like, I don't mind it being, like, tinkered with and changed every now and again. Because I, I think, like, under Harris, for example, we're on a winning run, he was scared to change anything. And yeah. then we run our steam. But the difference is now, over the next three games, you know, we haven't got any midweek games this side of Christmas. You know, there's enough rest in between that you can put the same start 11 out for a few games in a row. And I think, like Ben said, I think centre-back is one of the places where you've, you've got to try and get a defensive partnership or three there that are used to playing with each other and you want to settle defence. So, yeah, the next few games, now we've got a bit of respite in between. I think and they're, they're games we should be winning coming up, right? We've got Birmingham away, but then we've got what, Derby at home, Coventry at home. Mm-hmm. Like you're hoping for seven points from those three games. So, you know, a consistent start in 11, like Ben said, I think will, will benefit us over the next couple of weeks. Do you have an open question to either of you? Do you have any legitimate concerns that we might get relegated? Not this year. But um, I was chatting to a couple of mates at the football deal last night. Um, they sort of saying there's a lot of teams worse than us in this league. I think we'll be all right. But it's a critical stage for the club now. If we don't get the next six months right, next year we will be relegated. Yeah, I think I think it depends what other teams around us do in January as well. Um yeah, we've we've benefited from the likes of Derby having points deductions and stuff this year. You know, it's come in at the right time for us to keep us kind of like what was it five points? I think we're above the relegation zone. We're five points above relegation and zone. I, yeah. I, I think it'll stay roughly about that for the next few weeks. I think we, we'll do just enough to kind of finish in around 18th this year. But like Ben said, with the amount of players who are up, a contrast up at the end of this season, if we don't invest and we're quite possibly we'd sell our best assets we could be in serious, serious trouble next season. Really, real deep shit. And that's the perfect point to move on to the Cardiff City conundrum. Um, this is the new feature, the second time we've done it, and I'm bringing it back for this week. Uh, I've got a Cardiff City conundrum that I'm presenting to Ben and Tom. They have to have an argument, decide what they want to do. I mean, I don't even know how long this feature will last because, you know, the last time it was kind of like cut and done within 30 seconds, so we'll see how it goes. Uh, but you talk about transfers, Tom. Um, you know, we're coming into January. Uh, there's a month or so until um, the January transfer window. Um, you've got a choice. You have to sell one player in January to, to raise a bit of income. 
it's between Kiefer Moore or Ruben Colwell. Who would you sell at this at this stage? Have a little discussion, talk about it, well, and make a decision. Yeah, for, for me, I'd sell Kiefer Moore because the potential that Colwell has got, you know, and, you know, how many years he's got left in football as well. You know, he could be a huge asset to us in a few seasons' time where Kiefer is now at probably the peak of his career. And mm-hmm. if we ever want to cash in on him, it would be now. Obviously, I wouldn't want to sell either at this moment. But You have to, though. That's the I know, conundrum. Mate, I know, I know. But yeah, I'd sell Kiefer and keep Colwell. Ben? i got some questions around this to fire back at you. Oh, God. So, no, sorry, mate. This, this is like PMQs. The Prime Minister doesn't get to ask the questions. No, go on. Hit me with your questions. I'll make some notes and I'll see what I can come up with. I'll do some research. What fees are we getting for these players? Are they going for the same fee? Market uh, rate, mate. Market rate. Market, market rate. rate at the moment. How much, how much do you think they're worth? How much do you think Kiefer's worth? Well, Kiefer at the moment, about 20 quid. <laughs> You're getting 20 quid for him. Ruben Carwell, how much do you think he's worth? I, it's a difficult one for Ruben. He's, he's probably worth more to us keeping, so that's why I sort of lean towards more Kiefer more. You can sort of put a set figure on Kiefer and know sort of that right now, the way it's gone, if we got five, six million for him, I think the club would take it. Yeah, five, I was thinking in my head, to be honest. I was um, In my head, I had about five million for Kiefer and maybe six to seven for Ruben, just because he's a bit young. Not yet. Uh, yeah, no, I but I, 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 you know, I was just thinking if, if in an ideal world, basically, if you know, I'm not talking the world is an ideal at the moment. We've all seen the new variants, um, all that kind of stuff. It's horrible out there, but I'll just check, just you know, saying that anyway. Ben, sorry, yeah, so I think like I agree with Tom selling Keith, it probably makes the most sense with a player on the downturn. I think he's got less in his contract, there's more to come from Ruben, where sort of Keith might just be on the tin and might be looking for a good time for him to move on. He's never been at a club too long either. So, yeah, for me, I'd probably sell Kiefer. But if we've got more for Ruben, for the sake of the club, it might not be a bad idea to look at that and say, if, if you go in saying, it right, we'd get £7 million for Colwell, that's a lot of money to invest in this squad that desperately needs some investment. I hate to see it. But, I mean, again, Tom, it's just one of those things. You have to decide. So, are you, you going with Kiefer Moore as a joint decision? If we're getting £7 million, I'd go Colwell. And I'd go more. And I, no, I'd go in more. You're going more. All right. Well, this is what you wanted, then. Ben James. This is what yeah, you wanted. I've divided you and they're both going to be sold now because you, you guys were the deciding factor in that. Um, I'm going to get onto the board <laughs> and let them know what's happening. Um, right. After that, well, what a feature that is. I just can see that going from strength to strength. Um, if you have any ideas for a Cardiff City conundrum out there, twitter.com forward slash VFT Ninian. Let us know what you want us to discuss. Um, and uh, another perfect segue into the Twitter questions. Um, starting with Mark. Blackmore, when did we become so opinionated about how the club is supported? Comparisons of away and home support, booing at poor home defeats, people leaving early, old versus young. It is okay for people to have different views. See you at Birmingham. See you at Birmingham, Mark. Um, Tom, is that a new phenomenon for you? Excuse me, my voice croaked. Is that a new phenomenon for you? I feel like it's something we've always done as fans. Yeah, it's just more highlighted now that you can go to Twitter and, you know, we're all in an echo chamber of just Cardiff fans. And for me, Cardiff fans are Welsh nationalists, it seems. But um, yeah, um, I think, yeah, it's just highlighted. with Walthamstow players in there. <laughs> but like, yeah, it, it's, it's quite pathetic at times that just the, the falling out within our fan base of, you know, oh, it's pathetic at home, it's great away and stuff like that. It's just, I, I, there's no need for it. Do you know what I mean? It's obviously going to be more vocal away from home because the nutters go. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's the people who invest a lot of money to travel up and down the country and they're 10 pints deep by the time they get there. It's different at home games. You know, it's a different vibe. It's families and stuff there. It's a half-empty stadium at the moment as well, so it's hard to generate any atmosphere. And to be honest, the football's been shit. 
So, you know, <laughs> it's going to be a bit shit at home. And I don't know, I, I just wish fans would just stop kind of arguing with each other. And, you know, there does seem to be a divide between the younger fan base and the older fan base. And there's just kind of no need for it. We've always been that divide. Like, I remember going to Cardiff, I remember going to so many Cardiff away games in the mid 2000, sort of 2003 to 2005. And there was fights amongst the home, uh, the away fans all the time. Well, yeah, Premier League, it was unbelievable. Yeah. Bour- Bournemouth, first game of the season, fights go 1 0 up away at Chelsea, fight breaks out. Red, Redding, I remember Reading at the start of the season we got relegated, where Callum Patson was just coming back from injury, have, having you know been probably our shining light in the Premier League because he was a right back turned striker and scoring a lot of goals. And the person behind me came on for five minutes, called him a fat c-word. I was like, it's his first game back. He was brilliant last season, and now you already want to have a go at him. Our fans are dreadful. I mean, no, our fans are great. Um... It's an issue. It's, just, it's not a new thing, but I think at the moment. I think you've got them. I don't want to say the more intelligent football fans go away because I've seen some of the people that go away and intelligence is not a word I'd use to describe them. But um, they seem to understand that what's going on a bit more. They're more forgiving of the process and sort of understand sort of what's happening with the club more than sort of the home crowd. It's a lot more of the newer fans that sort of haven't been around for sort of the dross. They're not used to the club struggling like this in the second tier. We're used to doing really well. Like it's It's... How many we've what since the first year we were promoted into the championship under uh, Lenny Lawrence, we haven't really been in a relegation battle. It's one of those, it's a new experience to a lot of fans. Um, That's and it. I think I, they're less patient at home than they are away. I agree. I think, and um, it's no coincidence that we're getting better results away from home than at home at the moment because, like at Luton, people like I say, people were there just have a good time and shout and sing and get behind the players. And you can see we kind of go into our shells a little bit at home. And, you know, it doesn't help when we, you know, the, I, the fans have got the right to do what they want, but booing players is never going to help. Like, nobody reacts well off that on the pitch. No so players just... ever improve from being booed off or cheered off when they've been subbed. No, I hate that more than booing. Well, and I, mean, ironic I mean, shit players. And, and, and chanting to bring on a sub, like they used to do for Danny Ward. Yeah. Like but... When you've got people on the field. Like, there's just no need for it, I find. But, you know, I mean... One of, one of the, the most shameful days in, in, in recent Cardiff City history is when we booed Peter Whittingham when he got subbed off in the Premier Norwich League. Norwich game. I remember yeah. it. Yeah. He's the greatest player I've ever played for the club. We're booing him off. Uh, well, both QPR and Sheffield United made passes and used pace to get behind our defence. No doubt other sides will use this tactic. Ben, is the January transfer window, is it our priority now to get some defenders in with more pace and skill? I'd like to see us invest in midfield to sort of cut it out before it gets to them. I think that's more important at the moment than sort of looking at centre-backs. We've got cover there. We've got bodies there. We've got no real options in midfield to sort of prevent the pass from happening. And that's sort of doing more harm than centre-backs. To be honest, at the moment, with those sort of passes, if they get into centre-backs, if it's getting to the stage where centre-backs have got to step in, the midfield aren't doing their job. Mm-hmm. And that's where we need to really look at. Uh, Dan Lowe, Isaac Davis looks a massive talent and is improving with each game. Exactly what we've been lacking. A pacey player looks to run and take on players. Our best front three is Colwell, Moore and Davis, in my opinion. Exciting times ahead with our attacking players need to sort defence out. Nathan CCFC, very naive from someone with Morrison's two hours experience to make that challenge with about 40 minutes to play. In the last last 15 minutes or so, yeah, fair enough, but you just have to concede the chance at that point in the game and go again. Uh, Oliver Reese, similar long lines we've just discussed. Should we cash in on Keith in January should the right offer come in he's not exactly hit the heights of last season due to a number of reasons the money from Kiefer could improve areas of the team that need improving can see West Brom coming in for him for an example Tom 
you know, withstanding the Cardiff City conundrum, um, if if we got a decent offer for Keith and what would you think about selling him in January? Um, if you'd ask me beginning of the season, I'd, it'd be a definite no. Like we were saying, it, it, our yeah. season was going to ride on it. I'd be a little bit more open to it now than I would have been. But I still don't think we should be selling arguably our best asset at the moment. You know, we still need to get goals from somewhere. And we are not out of a relegation battle. Far from it. So it's risky to, you know, get rid of our one proven striker. You know, I think we should be trying to keep hold of him. And if that means we get nothing or less from further down the line, so be it. Let's keep ourselves in the championship first before we start letting people go. Ben, would you sell him? No, but I'd swap him for Ken Zahor. <laughs> oh, big Ken. What's he doing with himself these days? He can't big... even get on the bench for West Brom. I've just Googled big Ken Zahor and I spelt it all wrong. Uh, there's plants. I don't know what I've done there. Um, I'll leave that. Come back to that later. Um, Lee Spear. Uh, we've seen our three at the back exploited a fair bit, especially in the last game. How can we combat this, Ben? Midfield, is that still... Do you just need to replace the midfielders, basically? You hate yeah, I just think, look, just have a different option in midfield that's sort of doing that job. It's amazing how we've gone, what? How long has Gunnison been gone? Three years? Yeah. More than that. Season. And we still haven't replaced him. And I think that's sort of... The issue there in the midfield, someone just to do that role is desperately needed, especially with our centre-backs at the moment. Uh, ben Jones, uh, the criticism towards Morrison for that sending off yesterday is ludicrous. He's timed that sort of tackle perfectly many times in the past and is a hero. Mistimed it once and is a villain. Probably the same fan saying he's back after the goal last week. Um, accidentally vegan. Morrison finally being targeted. That's two hours, Morrison, after losing his legs in the summer. Uh, hopefully the game seals Morrison's fate on the bench. God, these are two polarising opinions. Morrison, one hour, still trying to fit the players in his system rather than fitting a system to his players. Need personnel in Jan. Hard to see who we could attract. Um, uh, D, uh, Diff MJ, what's your chosen front three and what first 11 would you look, look us to have by February this 1st after the window? Tom, who are you looking at signing in the window? Is there anyone on your wish list? Um, not signing anyone, and that's the problem. That's why I haven't even really thought about it. Like, because I just can't see, apart from guts. Well, come on, like, let's be realistic. I can't see there being any investment come, come January. And you know, we need someone in midfield, but I think, you know, there's a reason why, yeah, it's benefited us as the youngsters are coming through, but we've had to play them because we just haven't got the depth there. There's no way we're going to invest more, more unless we, we might try and pick up a couple of cheap options, but I just can't see there being major investments. I'm trying not to think about it because I'll only end up being disappointed. Similar question on those lines, on those lines, Ben. Yain is asked first position to look at if we can during January. Our defending has been shocking all season. I'm going to repeat it again. You want midfielders, don't you? Certain defensive midfielder. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how many times I have to say it? I'll have to. I'll, I'll go to the veil and sell the table Listen, the front door. Listen, Ben. I go through <laughs> yeah, these questions it. and I forget what we talked about on the previous questions. So that's why it happens. I keep coming back to it. I keep coming back to it. Is there anyone you've got your eye on in midfield, Ben, that you think would do us well? I don't know. The, the person that popped in the head the other day was like. God, someone that could possibly slot into centre back, but can play centre defensive midfield as well. And it's like, God, I wish we got Ampered you in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in that role would have been absolutely ideal. Um, but yeah, we, that's what it'll be. It'll be a, a youngster coming in on loan, and that's going to be a real tough job for him. But yeah. it's that's what that's what it's going to be. Well, like no, like, centre half, someone like Nat Phillips from Liverpool. Like he's you know he's not as not as involved there as he once was. Could you know need a run of games going into the summer for Liverpool. Um, six-month loan deal for him could be ideal because he was, you know, pretty good centre half for Liverpool. I think he's that good though. I think like there'll be top, oh top yeah, Premiership clubs or top half Premier, uh, sorry, bottom half Premier League clubs coming in for him. 
but yeah, someone like that would be absolutely perfect. Bit of experience looking to kickstart their career. It's just not what I can think of, but again, if you've got suggestions, pop them down on Twitter. Cause I think the club will be looking, they need, yes. someone needs to look at a shopping list somehow. Yeah, maybe the Christmas sales will help them. Uh, Terry Hansen. It looks like Morrison two hours has seen his best days. He was shocking first half. And was there a case of Morrison? One are subbing him at half time, and is that where we might struggle with Morrison's lack of experience and closeness of players? Um, perhaps a bit of naivety, Tom, from from Stevie Moz. You don't so be captain, Poss- though, do you? Poss- no, that's the thing, right? You don't often see a centre back go off at half time, but he was struggling, and I, I do get that point. It's like I, I don't think Morrison one are is going to be someone who's going to shy away from those decisions, to be honest. You know, but in hindsight. Obviously, yeah, it would be benefited from taking him off half time because he was he was going to get an early bath seven minutes later anyway. But you know, I don't think you can blame the management for that, really. Uh Nick Jones was the gaffer's tactical reaction to the red card too negative, and did that cost us the game, Ben? Sitting deep with a flat pack, a flat back. Sorry, I've been at IKEA. Five and three with a CDM in front for 30 minutes was too defensive and it didn't work. Needed to drag the team up the pitch and manage the game better from the front. It's a tough call, isn't it, Ben? Because we're down to 10 men. We can't exactly go on the front foot from that, that moment. Yeah, I thought that's a very football manager answer. Um, I think with the players we've got, youngsters on the pitch, you can't expect them to sort of drag it out. We have experienced players on the bench that need to come on, sort of shore things up because look, down to 10 men with the quality Sheffield United have got, despite their league position, it, they, that was what happened was always going to happen. We could have dealt with it a lot better, but I think... There's not a lot of stuff I disagree with what with what Morrison with one R did. Um, I think he did the right moves. It just didn't work out. Because look, I think you got to think as well. We ended that game really strong. Mm. It wasn't a case of like we were backs against the wall for the rest of it. We got that second goal, and we looked like we if we had a bit more time, we could have yeah. gone on and got the equaliser. It was one of those. Those players gave it their all, and that was with the sort of more defensive lineup. Like Volks coming on, stuff like that. It was the midfield that's packed out and Sheffield tonight struggled with it. So I propose something here. Um, so this is uh, when we're talking about Morrison and Morrison. Um, Morrison with one R, can we call him Morris one? And Morrison two R's is just Morrison. No, I just, I quite like clarifying with one R and two R's. Find it quite, right. yeah, quite yeah. enjoy it as well. Oh, sorry, lads. Um, I, um, Ellis Hearn. Uh, oh, no, sorry. I've skipped a couple. Howell Jones was glad our support was patient yesterday. That goal from McGuinness settled things down. Um, do you think it would have been a different reaction at full time if McGuinness hadn't scored, Tom? A bit more, some more booze, perhaps? I know, you know, we've, we've talked about Morrison, one, I'm not liking the booze, but fans get restless. Possibly. I think, to be honest, though, there was a lot of positives in that game. I don't think we were woeful. I think we mm-hmm. played quite well. And like like Morrison one R said that in the press conference, you know, there was plenty of positives to take from it. At the end of the day, it was the red card that cost us. You know, we, we, we're not, I don't think we're losing that game if we have 11 men on the field. Because I, I thought we were largely in control and we were creating chances and we weren't, we weren't that leaking that many at the back. So I think, I, I don't think there would have been boost, even a 3-1, because I, I think there was plenty of positives we could have taken up from that game. Um, Ellis Hearn, I thought we should have had three points, but our captain, our leader, lets the club down again. Uh, fed up of him. Okay. Harsh. Uh, harsh. Ben, why? Are you fed up of him? No, I just think sort of you can't pin it. Like, we all know Morrison, I think, even by his own mission, would say that like, he's not this Morrison with two hours, sorry. By his own admission, wouldn't uh, would say he's not having the best of seasons. 
but to say we're like to make it out like we're constantly let down by Sean Morrison is absolute nonsense. That bloke's dragged us out of the shit, and his leadership has been superb for the last few seasons. Um, look, we know it's sort of we know what's happening. We can all see no one's going to sit here and defend him and say he's playing well and should be in the squad. But to make out like he's constantly letting us down is absolute nonsense. Yeah, I want to. He's a one player that I think he deserves us not to turn on yeah. him. You know, always get because what he's done for the club. He's he's a modern legend at Cardiff now. You know, some of our best moments have come under his leadership. And Cole at Hull. Yeah, like I watch that probably every couple of weeks because I, I just absolutely love it. The amount of memories he's created at Cardiff and good times that we've had because of him, you know, we, we'll always like owe a debt of gratitude to him. And, we sh- you know, he, he should go down as a modern great. And we, we should not be forgetting that this season. You know, he's having a tough time of it, but we should not be turning on that bloke. Not, not a chance. 100% agree. I disagree. I think we should turn on him immediately. <laughs> it's all about opinions. Uh, K49745, if we could receive £8 million plus for more and the money would be reinvested as painful as it would be, is it worth cashing in in January? I think we've, we've covered that off. I think if we could get that sort of money for him, I'd drive him to Wolverhampton myself. Um, George Lilly... What, he's not going to Wolves, though. Um, as far north as you're willing to take why, him actually or? why did I say Wolves I was the next well, question linked, talks about Wolves he was linked there but the next question talks about Wolves as well um, and no, I'd drive him I probably wouldn't drive him to Newcastle uh, well actually I can't drive him anyway I don't have driving license so um, do, do you reckon he'd be good company in the car do you reckon he'd be a good yeah I think he'd have some good Spotify playlists yeah that's what I was thinking I think he'd bring a good selection of sweets I think he'd have a good couple of conversations around hair product routine yeah, um, I, I think he's a, but I think the conversation might go dry quite quickly. I think he's the type of bloke who, you know, he, he'd get you against us when you stop in the services to yeah. say thank you for taking you. And he, you'd be up come, front with the petrol money. I, yeah, you know, yeah. And yeah. he'd come back with a bag of munchies that you didn't ask for. And he'd, yeah. go, oh, munch, and he'd, he'd say, I haven't seen munchies for ages. I had to get them. And I'd go, oh, Kiefer, yeah, I haven't had a munchie for a while. Uh, and um, uh, yeah, I think it'd be, it'd be quite nice, actually. Yeah, Kiefer, if you are listening um, and you need someone to drive you somewhere, um, I can't do it, but I'll get us a cab and we'll just sit in the back and have no, a chat. Don't even, don't even need to go anywhere. Do you just fancy a road trip somewhere? Yeah, yeah. Do you want to go? I don't know, Kiefer. We could go down to Tembe and have a nice weekend. It's at the BT Sports. Yeah. <laughs> ben and Kiefer Moore drive somewhere. <laughs> Neither of us can drive. <laughs> no, I think he can drive. Oh, no, I just... Why did I click off the questions? Um, George, George Lilly, and this is why I said Wolves. Uh, what's the plan if Wolves recall Giles? We crumble. Since Wolves are losing players for AFCON, maybe recalling him would be crucial with his standout assist um, ratio. I think he's on nine assists now for the season. Does that worry you, Ben? Ryan yeah. Giles going back to Wolves to make you nervous? Yeah, it does. Um, he's, he's become such an important part. He's sort of... It's, I, I'm really liking him at left wing back as well. Yeah. Um, I did see a question sort of slagging his defensive work rate off coming up in a bit. But um, I think he's been really good there. And I think it's been a smart move to keep him in that position, sort of get him to knuckle down and play that way. But um, yeah, if he goes, Joel Bagan, sort of like, like we said before, it, it's been, it was too much pressure put on him from the start, giving him yeah. the number three shirt and sort of sticking him in from day one, expecting him to sort of live up to the hype and sort of the sort of legacy of Joe Bennett was never going to happen. Um, and if we have to go back to that, we could struggle, not just offensively, but especially sort of scoring. <laughs> 
God, we have no creative spark, would we? And that tweet you, you referenced there, accidentally vegan, Giles, poor defending, really exposes Nelson, who's been struggling in that left centre-back role. Wasn't as bad yesterday, but hopes with the ball at his feet. Might benefit from swapping Nelson and McGuinness for a better balance across the back five. It's a good suggestion. Um, and the final final, um, final um, question and observation from Sideshow Biff. Morrison, he spelt it with one R, but I think he means two R's. Uh, been a great servant, but he's being exposed by the other two not coming across and closing down the space. We need a quick pair of legs next to him, like we had with Gabs and Pryor as an example. Gosh, Spencer Pryor. Um, no one in the air better than Moza. Thought Pack has to go. He's dreadful. He's honestly one of the worst players I've ever seen watching the City. We carry him all game. See down to 10 how useless he really is. He's slow, losing his runners every week, can't pass, and has the mobility of a man in a Zimmer frame. Sideshow Biff, say what you really mean. Don't code it in those kind of euphemisms ever again. That was... <laughs> Just I sat mean, on the fence, wasn't he? Yeah, really sat on the fence. He, get need, the he needs an opinion. Ass, he needs yeah. an opinion. He needs an opinion on Marlon Pack. Um, and that's Twitter questions. If you ever want to get in touch with us, twitter.com forward slash VFT Ninian. Uh, looking ahead now, Thomas Phillips, ship break. Um, we've got Birmingham coming up at the weekend. Uh, yeah. Birmingham sitting 16th. 21 games, seven wins, five losses, uh, five draws, nine losses, uh, goal difference of 20 scored, 24 conceded, uh, reading the table as we speak. Lost 3-1 at the weekend to Millwall. Um, we should beat them, shouldn't we? Big big game, big statement if we win this. I think you're forgetting where we are in the league, to be honest. But yeah, it's one of those, it's one of one of the better away games this year for us. You know, if we, you know, if we can get a result away at Luton, then we should have a chance at, at Birmingham. And mm-hmm. yeah, like you said, I think this is one we should target. And these could be really important wins, like our points. I, I'd probably take a draw, but I think the net, like I said, over the next three games, we, we, I want to be looking at seven points from it, and just to give us that buffer between us and those bottom teams. And yeah, if you're looking at our calendar, these are one of the games I reckon the coaching staff are thinking we can get something from this. I'd be very disappointed if we do lose. Uh, ben, what are the changes you make? You bring Keeper Moore back in if he can keep his uh, lunch down? Yeah, as long as he's not shitting himself, I think he comes into the squad. Um, we look just, we, the whole team seems to be a bit more confident when he's on the pitch, don't they? This yeah, seems yeah, to be that, that Yeah, it's just enough to make anyone go wild, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, him, Kiefer, Colwell. I like Keith Harrison's squad. I, I rate him. I do. Um, so, yeah, I'd go with those front three. Um, so, you're not playing Isaac Davis? I don't think it's a bad option to come off the bench. I think sort of running him running at people after like 60, 70 minutes when they've sort of had a hard time with Kiefer, yeah. Harris and Colwell is like a real nice option. I think, um, yeah, he comes off the bench for me. Uh, you guys excited about seeing some old friends? Uh, Neil Etheridge started his first championship game of the season yesterday. They've been playing Dion Sanderson uh, in the back three. Um, are you excited to see them, Tom? No. Um, I can imagine Sanderson causing us problems. Actually, I'm quite excited to see Etheridge because towards his end of his career with us, he definitely had his weaknesses. Um, and I wouldn't mind like, seeing that like side which, of his game. Which footed he was? Was yeah. he left footed or was he right footed? Yeah, no one knows. Shit, we're both. Still yeah. First professional footballer to be neither footed. Yeah, yeah. It's incredible. <laughs> it's incredible. That tickled me that for some reason. Sorry. <laughs> the weird laugh. Carry on. Yeah. No, you, you were speaking. I was, yeah. I'll carry on. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, seamless. Um, yeah, Etheridge has got a mistake in him. So, you know, he's not a keeper, I'm thinking. He's not, you know, he doesn't exactly fill me with full of fear. So, yeah, don't mind. Can't wait to see him, yeah. And Dion Sanderson, do you think we should be targeting him with someone like Isaac Davis? Because, you know, Dion Sanderson did love a rash challenge. He did, but he's also a 
good player. Um, I don't think he's going to... He, he seems like the sort of person that isn't going to like Kiefer more roughing him up for mm. 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'd like to see Kiefer stick to him for most of the game. I think he'd get some success. Um, but yeah, it's... um. They're a weird one. They seem to be a lot less effective. The player that stood out for me for Birmingham sort of at the start of the season was Chong from United, not just because it's amazing here, but he looked like an absolute baller. And the fact he's out for a while is sort of, I don't think it's a shock that their results have taken a bit of a downturn since then. Yeah, I I think he was was a bit like Giles at the start of the season, wasn't he? The absolute creative spark and it kind of, he made them tick. And as soon as he got injured, they've absolutely slid, slided, um, slipped down the table, I'll say. I'll say slipped. Yeah, so I think they're going to be a team a bit low on confidence. You've got a keeper, but I think we've learned with Etheridge when he came back into the squad, he takes a couple of games mm-hmm. to get back properly up to speed. I think we need to capitalise on that. I think that's going to be a real sort of key thing for us. So hope, I'm, I'm quietly confident, but you can never really tell with the way Cardiff go at the moment. <laughs> Yeah, I'm loudly nervous um, if you're quietly confident. Um, Tom, does someone like Troy Deeney worry you? Um, you know, he's a bastard. He's massive. Um, he's got the ability to bully players. Would you just put Aidan Flint on him and have him watch him the whole time? Yeah, he's not the type of player that worries me that our defence. I don't think he's got the pace he used to. Well, he's not been ridiculously pacey, I don't think, anyway. I think it's the nippier strikers that kind of cause us issues. I quite fancy our defenders... If, if they want to if they want to try and bully our defenders, I think that suits them down to the ground. So mm-hmm. um yeah, he doesn't yeah, there's definitely strikers that would kind of make me a little bit more nervous than he does. That's gonna come back and bite me in the ass. But there yeah, we go. Of course it is. Troy Dini hat trick incoming. Um Ben, give us your prediction. What's the score gonna be? Who's doing the goals? Who's getting booked? Who's getting a red card? Um, who's gonna make the most passes? Um, who what's our expected goals gonna be? Write this down because I'm gonna be quizzing you. Lost track of what's going on. Um, I'll go. We're not going to keep a clean sheet, we can't do that. Um, 2 1 City and Kiefer Moore will shit himself on the 75th minute. Oi. Put your money on that, put your money where your mouth is, Tom. What are you saying? One all. Request a bet, request a bet, yes. <laughs> One all, one all, I reckon. Yeah, all right. Who's scoring? Uh, Kiefer Moore. Mm-hmm. I'd probably just got to be Dean, you know, and after I said he's not going to cause us any problem. Yeah, I think he scored at the weekend. I think I don't know if it was his first goal for Birmingham, but he scored three, three goals, three, goals, three assists in 15 games. All right, Birmingham fan, are you? No, I've, I'm literally <laughs> on it. I'm literally on his, I'm on his page on FotMob now. Please sponsor oh, us. FotMob, please sponsor us. Good, good mention for FotMob right at the end. Um, what a podcast, what a week, what a couple of weeks it's been. Uh, ben, looking back on that podcast, how would you rate it? I think it's a solid. 7.5. It's a fine return after an international break that wasn't an international break. Yeah, um, just me, me being ridiculously busy. Yeah, life gets in the way, mate. It's one of those things. Don't feel bad about it. I mean, I do we feel do, terrible. We, well, we do it. We do it for free. Yeah, and that's that's a good point, actually, Ben. Um, if you don't want us to do it for free, go to ko-fi.com forward slash VFT Ninian where you can donate some money um, to the cause. Uh, as I said, we do this for the love, not the money, because um, we have jobs and that that keep us busy during the week. Um, if you like what we do, head over to twitter.com forward slash VFT Ninian. Go to our Apple page on the podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Drop us a five-star review because, like, whenever I get out of the Uber, no matter how bad the Uber driver's been, I drop him a five-star review, um, except for the one who was inherently racist to me. So I only gave him three stars because that's... You know, that's my self confidence. If you're racist, someone was you racist to you and you only gave him three. No, stars. he wasn't. He wasn't racist to me. He was just he had a, he had an odious worldview about lots of different things. Um, and I actually did report him to Uber. It was in New York, so I did report him to Uber because some of the things he said were awful. Like 
really, really bad. I can't even, I don't even want to say them on no, here because they were horribly offensive. And I was in, I was in the Uber for an hour. I don't, how have we got to this stage? I was in the Uber for an hour because I was on an Uber pool and he kept picking people up. And I was just like, I need to get out of this cab because he is awful. Uh, Tom, any racist cab driver experiences that you want to talk about? Uh, not recently, no. no uh, I can't good. think of any, no. Good. Um, you know, if you have forgotten, twitter.com forward slash VFT Ninian, kofi.com forward slash VFT Ninian. Um, drop us a five-star review on wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe, like, you know, do all that good stuff, really, because um, we need the love and the adulation to keep our egos growing. Mm. Um, and Tom, your rating on the podcast this week? I think it's, uh, I'd say seven. I think seven. we're a bit leggy in parts. You can tell we're a bit out of practice. A bit rusty. Yeah, off. sure. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I know the fans are questioning the commitment of some of our players, you know, after not turning up for two weeks. So, you know, I think we're trying to ease our way back right. in here. Nearly half-time, pal. Your turn to get the ground round back. in. Off you go. Yeah, I'm sure next week no, you get a turn in, mate, because yeah, I've sure got a beer sorted be for later. Um, well, we're going to go off and do our post-match press conferences now. So thanks for joining us once again, and we'll see you next week. Bye, Ben. Bye, Tom. How does the offer of free beer sound? What do you mean free beer? No such thing, mate. Just go and get them in, man. Serious now. All you need to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash VFTN and cover just £5.95 for the postage and you'll get your first case of eight globally sourced, fresh as can be craft beers delivered right to your doorstep. What I mean is I've already got hours waiting for us after this and we'll need them after watching this shambles. What's the catch here now? Who are these people? Beer 52 are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Each month, they send a case of craft beer from a different part of the world. Recent cases have included beer from the Alps, New Zealand, the USA, Ireland, Korea, and Germany. Bloody hell, that's not bad, is it? Yep, and if you do change your mind, you can pause or cancel your account at any time you like. Cracking, so how do I get it again? All you need to do is go to www.beer52, that's the numbers 52.com forward slash VFTN. To get your first case of eight beers for just five ninety five, that's www.beer52.com forward slash vftn. Sound pie with a pint then? You know I never say no to a pie. <laughs>